Live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, it's time for Spirituality for Everyday Living with Melinda Vale. As the medium who makes a difference, Melinda and her guests discuss practical spirituality and how it makes an impact on our everyday lives. And now, here's your hostess, Melinda Vale. Welcome to Spirituality for Everyday Living. If you've been watching, you know I lived a blessed life because I have the most wonderful people on my show. And I'm so excited that I have the beautiful, the marvelous, the amazing Rita Davenport here with me today. Welcome, Rita. Thank you so much. Thank oh you. Oh my thank gosh, you. You, you've done so much. Uh, you've spoken with Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and some real big deal guys and you use humor and you've written books and you've been on TV. You are just it. But you forgot to say one thing. I, I'm always introduced as an exotic dancer. Oh, I forgot that piece. That, that, oh, one, yeah. that one is, yeah. and if ever, I, I happened to be in an accident once and I was laying on the floor and the paramedics were there and I was trying to make sure my sister wouldn't faint because she faints with a flu shot, and she was with me when the accident happened. <laughs> and so as uh, I'm laying there, they asked my name, address, and they said, your occupation. I thought, really? And by the way, uh, paramedics, people, like they are so good looking. I mean, they really are. So as I'm laying there, this was about three years ago, and they said, your occupation. And I looked at them, I said, I'm an exotic dancer. <laughs> and they all looked at each other. But within five minutes, 12 more paramedics rushed in <laughs> to the furniture store. They heard there was an exotic dancer. Down. <laughs> On the way to the hospital, the um, paramedic, and he was a little bit older than the younger ones in the inside the furniture store, he said, ma'am, you want a shot of morphine? And I said, oh, no, I've given birth. I can take a broken arm. And he said, ma'am, we're not supposed to ask you personal questions, but where do you dance? <laughs> I said, I'm so glad you didn't give me a shot of morphine if you can't see any better than that. Anyway, you got to have humor. You got to have humor. And that's partly what we're going to be talking about today is how we weave humor into our lives in order to be spiritual, to understand ourselves. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves and with ourselves and be able to handle life's tough situations. And you just had one. You just had a tough situation. You lost your sister. I did. And I'm so sorry. And I'm getting a very odd name. And I'm not sure I'm, you know, it's like, it's like emphysema. It's like, it's like, a, it's, it's like, like a disease. Z, it's like emphysema. Uh, it's, it's like, like a medication Z, or a disease. Zena or Zini or Her or name some. is, her name is Euphysine. 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 Oh, is it a Z? E-U-P-H-I-A-Z-E-N-E. Z-E-N-E. Well, I must tell you that I'm sitting here, and I wrote the Z-E-N-E part of it. Oh, my gosh, you did. Because I couldn't understand what she was saying. Yeah. So she must have had trouble in school, let me tell you. I'm telling you, can you imagine? And I got the name Rita. How lucky am I? My sister got euphysine. So it was a nurse at the hospital, and Mom and Dad were arguing what the name was going to be. She was born on George Washington's birthday, and Daddy wanted to name her Martha. Daddy used to date a Martha. Mother said, no, you're not naming a Martha. So when the nurse came in, it was a redhead nurse. My sister had red hair. Uh, she said, you got to have a name. Baby's seven days old. She said, write your name down. And she said, oh, no, no, you don't want to put my name down. And she said, yes, and it's German. And she said, but she wrote it down. Seventy years later, we got to meet that nurse. Oh, she how was nice. uh, at a place, my, my niece 
it was a detective in Tennessee, and there was a somebody had robbed this person. And when she goes in to get her name, she said, "Sissy." She said, "Ma'am, I need to know your legal name." She said, "You won't know how to spell it or anything." She said, "Well, what is your name?" She said, "Euphazine." And my niece said, "Is that E U P H I A Z E N E?" And she said, "How do you know how to spell it?" She said. Were you a nurse at St. Thomas Hospital? Yes. Well, my mother was named after you. Oh, wow. So we got to go to the assisted living place and meet her uh, 70 years later. What a, st- a story of serendipity. You know, serendipity, energy in the universe, that's not a coincidence. That's yeah. a coincidence that you were able, it was meant to be, that you were able yeah. to meet. Yeah. Your sister's pretty. Her hair is long. Uh, is it now? It was not. Well, <laughs> It's coming down like this. Oh, really? And it uh, is red. Oh, uh, yeah, right? yeah, it's red. Yeah, yeah it's she red. kept it red. Yes. Is it? It was. Did she ever wear it long like no, this? No, no, not oh, not oh, really. It's it's, no. it, it's 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 down to about here. She's telling me that um, she's with James. Oh yes, that's her husband, James Lucian Linder. Okay. Oh, oh Linder God. is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So she gave me here. I'm just going to show you that she gave me James and Linda is what I thought she said. So Linder. she's giving me last names and first names and you know this is how i do readings and i don't think you expected to get a reading while you were my special guest but i can't help it if your sister wants you to know that she's safe and sound because i don't think she passed away a couple weeks ago yes, you know right. yes it was right and December she's 6th. patty pat patty patty is her daughter okay and one of her daughters is patty right. okay yeah. and then um she uh she also has a son uh no grandson Okay, who's Michael? Michael is uh, my son, and and he felt like that she was like his mother too. Oh, yeah. oh, oh! She was my sister. Was not only my sister, but my my best friend, but also the mother image in my life. She oh, was my nice. protector. She yes. was wonderful. Well, I'm glad she decided to drop in on our podcast. Oh my gosh! Yes. And tell Michael that she mentioned him by name. Oh, he'll be because, thrilled because you know yes. I I actually thought it was us. Her son, okay. Well, it's, it's always been like that because yeah. uh, he's. They've always been very connect, connected. That's, Even in business, they were connected. That's so, cool. now. Yeah. I happen to know from other times that we've met that you lost a brother. I did. But what I'm being told is that he was Johnny on the spot to meet your sister. I, I'm and convinced of that. I am he also would be a name for that too. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm. He, she. She was really happy to see him. I, that was a big tragedy in everyone's yes. life because he died young. Yes. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ready. Uh huh. Margaret. Peggy. Peggy's her other daughter. Okay. It's amazing. Peggy's Patty's one, and Peggy's the older. Okay, and here's another one that I don't think I'm hearing right. Like, but I'm trying. Leoma, Leona. That's her mother. My mother. Your mother. Our mother. Mm-hmm. So Leoma. That she was greeted by James, Leoma, and your brother. She gave me Michael, two other names, Scott and Ray. My brother's name was Ray, and Scott is my other son. That both my boys, Scott and Michael, looked at her like a, a also a mother. She was so close to them. She is a God her. person. Yes, your sister's oh, a God person. Absolutely, and she she practiced what she preached. She was a God person that practiced yes. true truth in her. Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. She's a God person. I always said there's Mother Teresa and then there was Euphysine because uh, she was the most godly person and generous and kind and giving and caring and affectionate and everyone loved her. Mm -hmm. People that got to meet her were just blessed. Did she get your sense of humor? Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, I will tell you prior to about three weeks before her passing, 
she had a near-death experience, and she got to see God. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, he is so good-looking. She said, he's got blonde hair and blue eyes. And I said, well, what did God say to you? And she said, he said to me, get your ass back. I'm not ready for you. (laughs) I never thought about it. I didn't know God knew the word ass. I haven't seen that in the Bible anywhere, but get your ass back. I'm not ready for you. uh, But she was glowing. She she said, Gally, and she got to see Lucian, her husband. Uh, She married at 14, and he was Mm. 19. Wow. And he was on a motorcycle in a leather jacket the first time she got to see him, and in heaven he greeted her. With uh, on a motorcycle, and he had on his leather jacket. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Well, she's saying something about either a pearl or pearls. Uh-huh. Uh, is there some story about a pearl or a pearl necklace well, or something with um, pearls? No, I, I, she had a, a pearl bracelet on. Um, when she passed? Yeah. Oh, thank uh-huh. you. She's telling me what she looked like. She mm-hmm. apparently is just fooling me with her hair, though, Rita. I mean, she can show me the pearls, but she's... Yeah. Yeah. Telling me she's her hair is longer than it was. Well, it, I, it's pretty. I it's beautiful. She's got be- thick, beautiful red hair, but mm-hmm. not not long. No, mm-hmm. I didn't see it long for. Then it's like Worcestershire sauce or something. <laughs> Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> she was an absolute amazing cook. She, she would make Julia Childs look like an amateur. Not to put Julia Childs down because I got to interview her and I liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, my sister. Uh, and she always said, if you want your kids to come visit you, cook a lot, and oh. they will come then. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> well, you brought me a wonderful book on Mexican cookery. Yes, I'm looking yes. forward to that. I don't know if you know this, but our grandson is really drawn to the half of him that's Mexican, <laughs> and he loves Mexican food. And his other grandma and he cook together all the time, so now maybe I'll be able to cook some Mexican food with him, too. So. Those, those recipes actually got tested at Arizona State University. They had a whole division that did that. I'm not sure why, but anyway, and we did really well with the, the book. We sold over a million copies. DeGrazia was a good friend. Um, I think we were actually together in another lifetime, but he was a, a good friend. Nice, nice. Yeah. And the other book, Funny Side Up. Uh-huh. Tell me about this one. Well, this, you know, I get tickled because I actually got on a, a flight a while ago, and um, two two people were reading my book laughing, and I thought I was getting set up for some kind of a videotaping or something. I mean, what's the chances of an author getting on a plane? Right. But they sold the book at the airport. And they were laughing, and I went, okay, this is really weird. Do I have lipstick on? Because I bet I'm being photographed or something. But uh, the book makes people laugh because I I teach with humor because your retention rate is about 70% greater if you learn why you're laughing. Mm-hmm. I've also found out that the more I make an audience laugh, the more the people pay you <laughs> to get people to laugh right. because people are hungry to laugh. It's therapeutic. Right. It's healing. And uh, it helps with retention. So I, I weave humor throughout my presentation. Absolutely. And believe it or not, even when I'm talking to the dead, I wave humor yeah. throughout an audience because it's the only way to keep the room light enough to be able to talk to enough people on the other side of the veil. Mm-hmm. It's light energy. Yeah. And that's the energy of the essence of spirituality is the light. Yeah. So whenever we're laughing, we're filled with joy and light, which is exactly what heaven is. Yeah. So it, you've been such a great gift to people, being able to speak to them and have them laugh and yeah. and teach them through laughter. Well, so have you, because when I have seen your presentations, you could be a stand-up. I'm telling you, you have so much humor, and it's so effective, and it's captivating. Mm-hmm. Melinda, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, had dinner with um, someone the other night and, and told her that I was going to be with you, 
and her eyes got real big. Melinda, the story that she told me about, of course, I'm, you're amazing. I'm so always so impressed with you. But when she said that for 10 years they tried to find a cure to her husband who was very, very ill, and they've been all the hospitals, famous, everything, and could not. They're very accomplished people. And she came to you, and she said she'd never had, had a, an, ever experienced with a medium before, and you told her exactly what was wrong with her husband, and you told her how long he would be here, word for word, everything you said. And uh, you, you said he will be passing in six weeks, and that was exactly right. She had chills. She said, you're going to get to talk to her. And she just, and I, I had heard before. I knew that you had worked with her before. But um, for you, I mean, for me to be sitting next to you, I, I almost feel like you should be levitated. Or something, <laughs> I, just, I, mean, I mean, the way the way you do things and what you're able to do, and it, it's it's just remarkable. Oh, I mean, thank you, to be in your presence. Oh, thank you, Rita. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you what, it's really up to them on the other side because look how well your sister did here. Like, yeah. she took an opportunity to zoom, she came right at it, oh, <laughs> which is wonderful. Well, you I know? miss her. And I know she, uh, I have the last word she said to me is that I love you the most. And uh, of course, she probably said that to everybody, but I believed it. And uh, anyway, I, I just. Um, treasure every moment that I had with her. I think she does love you the most. Yeah. I really do. Well, uh, I think back at her, I'll I tell you I think your brother did too, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah, he's been gone for a long time. Yes. So, um, you know, we get to a certain point in life and we lose our sibs, we lose our friends. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of getting into this, er you know, this age, you know, that, that we're in right now. Yeah. But you're not supposed to lose anybody when you're you're young. Like look, look at Lisa Marie Presley oh. just died, 54 yeah. years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. so shocking. Yeah. But your brother was how old when he passed? He was 45. Yeah. Yes, he, he was 45 years old and a very very successful uh, champion uh, uh, racer. He was a track star in Tennessee, athlete of the year for the mm -hmm. state of Tennessee. Only weighed 116 pounds, so they called him Rabbit. That was his nickname, oh, Rabbit, because he was so fast and so little. But um, I've been so blessed with family. Yeah. I'm telling you, families are a treasure. They yeah. really are, especially yeah. when you've got good ones like I have. And what is the biggest tragedy that you've had to face in your life, Rita, that humor and laughter has helped you through? Because you're keeping your composure, you're laughing right along with your sister here who is so delighted to be able to give you the, mm -hmm. the validation that yeah. she's over. I think the, the, I, I just experienced the greatest challenge, and to me, tragedy was losing my sister. Mm -hmm. that, that would be, yeah, at the top. And I've had things happen. Uh, our house was struck by lightning. Um, you know, it's hard to question a God thing like that because it was lightning. But uh, we were out of the house two years, and then uh, uh, the house that we're in now has been flooded twice. Mm -hmm. So everything but the locust has happened so far. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm hoping that the locust doesn't find us. <laughs> they don't find us. But um, you know, when when the reporters came and my house was burned, um, they they because I was in television at the time and. They were shocked that I wasn't, you know, crying and having a fit, and that was so calm. And they said, it's amazing how calm you are. Your house has been struck by lightning. We were out of it two years. took two years to rebuild it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, we're shocked you're not more upset. I said, well, nobody was hurt. Mm -hmm. And two separate fires in my family in the past, two relatives were killed from fire. In fires. And I said, the fact that nobody was hurt 
because my mother-in-law had been there. If the windows hadn't blown out of the garage when she opened the garage door, it would have been a fireball would have killed her. The fact that nobody was hurt. Material things. You know, we come into this world with nothing, and mm-hmm. we go out with nothing. Absolutely. And it's what we do while we're here with what we got to work with. Mm-hmm. But uh, material things compared to life and mm-hmm. injury, you, you just uh, – I've, I've been shocking to people before when I would say nobody was hurt. Nobody was hurt. So whatever, you know, the damage that was done, it it's, could be a lot worse. Sure. Yeah. You know, a lot of people catastrophize things in such a manner instead of look yeah. at what they're grateful for. Yeah. Yeah. Spirituality right. is being in gratitude no matter what happens. That's right. Do you think that those things that happened in your life brought you closer to God? Absolutely. Because I talk to God a lot because I know he's always listening. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I ask for guidance. I'll say... Okay, how should I handle this? How should I react? Because I've I've never uh, I was never invited to join Menza, you know, the club for geniuses. Mm-hmm. Although I have friends that have, but I haven't. And uh, I, I just was always grateful that I had the uh, I think uh, the sound soundness of knowing that there is a God, and mm-hmm. I'm not it. Mm-hmm. You're not it, although mm-hmm. you're very close. I will say, but uh, I I just was always grateful that there was a higher power to go to to ask for advice. Mm-hmm. What should I do? How should I handle this? And and then I, I have. I have had instincts that uh, are pretty pronounced. Yeah. So um, asking for advice was a beautiful way to put that. That's mm-hmm. really how we should pray. Yes. Is to ask for advice. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just give me a little drop down. Tell me which direction yeah. to go in here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Do you think that being a television personality and being as well known as you've been forces you to be a better example to people, or is that just a natural part of your personality? I think that it, it has been a part of my personality because I, I have such abundance of gratitude. I am so, so very grateful. And that's the number one mental step in adjustment for prosperity is to be grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that um, I, I being raised in the South has was a real advantage for me because the Southern people are just so warm and fun and out, you know they speak they're Gracious, friendly yeah. I visited California one time when I was a teenager and my cousins over there when I was at a drugstore and I was saying hi to everybody I was at to like Walgreens and they said you don't say hi to strangers you know I said well how are you gonna get to know them if you don't <laughs> say yeah, hi yeah. I can you know so I've always been um out you know friendly and outgoing because I think people need that. They need the warmth of the human interaction. It's so therapeutic and healing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was Miss Congeniality in uh, three beauty contests, which meant I never would have won one because I had no talent, wasn't that good looking, flat chested. You know, what was my chances? But being nice, I got something. So I got an award. I'd of- rather have that, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'd rather have that. I think that's a really nice compliment, especially more than once, yeah. you know, because yeah. actually girls in those contests aren't that nice to each other, are I they? Know. <laughs> they? They can be real heifers to each other. Yeah, You're yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah. I think they weren't threatened by me one bit and they felt sorry for me. Well, bless her heart. We're going to make sure she gets <laughs> something like this a little scholarship or something you know so but uh, I, I have a little sign in my bathroom that says be nicer than necessary mm-hmm. and I also feel the presence of God and I, I, I tell myself God is watching give him a good show and God has given me so much that I do have a bit of guilt that if I don't give more and I, I got a call today from a, I love St. Jude's and mm-hmm. I, I love what they do and I got the nicest call from them and they they want to know why I was you know had a tug at my heart to contribute to them, and the lives they save and the things that oh, they yes. do, 
And, and I got to, you know, face my maker someday and say, yeah, I could have, and, and I would have, and I should have, and, you know, but I didn't, and, and I got to ask for forgiveness. But I just want to make sure that he knows that I want to give back as much as I can. Sure, yeah. because that's really how we flourish is yes. by giving back. The more you give, the more you, you get. You know, hand up. Not a handout. No. A hand up. Hand up. And places like St. Exactly. Jude's are giving those families that hand up that they absolutely need to, yeah. to get through a terrible time. Oh, it's a great charity. And the, the, the lady that called gave me some great examples, and I said, I'm so impressed with you. But, you know, I, I just feel like that we have so much to give, and I, I, I am grateful, and, and I just want to help other people so much. I was a former social worker right out of college. I was mm -hmm. a social worker. I found out welfare didn't work though, Melinda. It mm -hmm. really didn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was helping people get out of welfare mm -hmm. as much as I possibly could. And my whole life is as a trainer and a speaker and, and uh, entrepreneur. Um, yeah. You're an entrepreneur. You're yeah. a trainer. You're yeah. a speaker. You're a television yeah. icon. You're yeah. you're so many different things. Yeah. You've worn a lot of hats, but yet every hat you've worn has been to do some kind of service for the people that you're that's talking right. to. That's that's exactly right. I, I just the, the the more you can do for other people, I, I just don't know how people don't get caught up in this and want to make a difference, not just make a living. Mm -hmm. I've been able to make a living. I've been working since I was 12 years old. But to make a difference and for somebody to send you, I have a bathtub full of notes and cards and messages that people have sent me, mm -hmm. specifics of what they learn from my training, my teaching, my books. And I go in and I read them and I just go, yes, because God wouldn't have given me the ability if I, you know, was going to just sit on it and not do something with it. So I think he he definitely inspired me. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. That's that's so wonderful. So you have kids and grandkids, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we just did a show with Duffy McMahon being my guest hostess, where right. she interviewed Bill and I and, and our, the normality of our lives. And a lot of times people think that when uh, one is in front of a crowd or doing something like you do or like I do, that we don't have a normal life, but we love our kids, we love our yeah. grandkids, we exactly. love our husbands, and we live a normal life. Every day we still have to make the bed and do those kinds of things too. Yeah, it, it's true. I, I definitely outmarried myself because I knew I, I was smart, but I wasn't that intelligent. So I married a Vanderbilt graduate that helped put a man on the moon that was invited to join Menza. And uh, he's, I sleep with my IT department because he knows all the technical mm -hmm, stuff and everything, mm -hmm. so he can help me with that. Uh, a funny thing, I was doing a, a, a Zoom call for about 1,700 teachers a few weeks ago, and I couldn't get the Zoom to come up. So my husband was in the shower, and I ran in there, and I said, I can't get the Zoom call up. And this is a big deal. They were paying me a lot and everything. Yep. And so I, I went back to the—because he was in the shower. So I went back, and I was able to get the, the call up. I look around, and there is my husband standing there naked as a jaybird. <laughs> <laughs> he had a towel around his head, around his twat, and I'm going, David, get out of here! I'm on, I'm on camera. And so, you, you know, the teachers so, might have gotten more of a lesson than I, well, they, they thought. They booked me three more times. I think it was pretty. I think they enjoyed it. <laughs> they want to make sure the extra guests came. I guess. But anyway, you got to make sure he's that, really the exotic dancer. Yeah, he's, he's the exotic dancer. That's true. Oh, that's funny. Uh, it sounds like home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you're still working. I'm still speaking and um, d doing the trainings and, and love it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. it it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, when you're in front of an audience, and the biggest audience has been 44,000 people, 
And and yes, Where was I, that, Rita? that was in Texas. That was for the Narium company. But I, I did, when I spoke with Tony Robbins, I got tickled because I said to the audience after speaking, I was speaking after him, he was my warm up act. And, um, <laughs> and so anyway, I said to the audience, I said, I know Tony teaches you to walk on fire. I said, I am never going to try to walk on fire until I can walk on water. I said, because my mentor walks on water. <laughs> and I said, and a, and a friend of mine was in the audience and heard me point when I said, my mentor walks on water. And her new book out now is entitled, My Mentor, mentor. Walks on oh, Water. Oh, that's so wonderful. Donna Johnson has that book coming oh, out. I'm so wow. excited you, for it. You've actually spoken with some really amazing people. And learned so much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've, I've you know, some. that I love when you're speaking with other people because you learn from them. And they and, learn from you. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. come on and tell your Jolene story. I, it's one oh, of my okay. favorites. you got to tell your Jolene okay. story. Okay, well, according to Dolly Parton, and uh, I've never known her to lie about anything, but Dolly was a guest on my TV show at one time, a long time ago. I laugh because, uh, and Dolly, don't get upset with me, but she was fat and I was poor. So uh, <laughs> it was a kind of an interesting combination many years ago when before she went on a little diet. But um, anyway, she invited me to come to her concert here. She was performing in Phoenix. It's about, uh, I guess, maybe seven, seven or eight years ago, and um I thought that was awfully sweet, and she said, would you come backstage? I want you to meet the crew. And I thought, that's really nice of her. So she says to the crew, everybody come over here. I want you to meet someone special. And her crew all came over backstage before the concert started. And she said, you've always wondered who the real Jolene is. Well, it's Rita Davenport. She's the green-eyed Jolene. I was the only girl that ever dated Carl Dean, her husband, and I absolutely, he was voted wittiest in our senior class, so we had a lot in common. His daddy was my Sunday school teacher, and Carl was just amazing, and I absolutely loved him. But he was a smoker, and if you don't smoke, it's like, and I'm not being negative because my mama smoked, mm -hmm. but it was like kissing an ashtray. Sure. So that kind of had, you know, and he wasn't going to quit smoking, so we broke up. But anyway, um, Dolly then, and I'll tell you more about that story in a second, but Dolly then had me, and the crew was all applauding. This was, and my daughter-in-law was with me, and her fingers were smoking, texting her friends, my mother-in-law is Jolene, according to Dolly Parton. <laughs> and so then in front of about 2,000 people here, she had me stand up. She had me front row seats. Y'all, Phoenix, y'all have always wondered who the real Jolene is when well, she's in the audience tonight. And the audience just went nuts when she had me stand up. She said, she's green-eyed Jolene. Nobody looks, though, Melinda, at my green eyes. They look at my flat chest, and they say, well, bless her heart. <laughs> but she's got the green eyes. <laughs> but uh, when, when Dolly was uh, a younger person, she wasn't quite that, that size either. But uh, anyway, I, I'm, according to that, I'm, I'm Jolene. So that's my claim to fame. That's a wonderful claim to it's fame, It's exotic dancer and then Jolene. <laughs> and then <I'm> Jolene. Probably... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What is the biggest miracle that you've witnessed in your life? The miracle uh, of what I've been able, the people I've been able to meet and interact with. When you're raised poor, and I mean, there's a difference in poor and poor. I was poor. And um, you don't have a bathroom in your house. You're ashamed you don't ever let anybody come to your house. Um, you're told not to go to college, that you're not college material. And then you managed to graduate in college in three years with honors. I got a BS degree, which I'm demonstrating right now, I know. But anyway, <laughs> I, I was able to do that regardless. Um, all the things you were told you couldn't do and you won't do and you do, 
that's that's the miracle of it. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody told me I couldn't, that motivated me more than anything. Mm -hmm. And the teacher, the counselor that told me I wasn't college material, I invited her to my graduation. I because I graduated with honors and, and all that, and did it only in three years, which is kind of unusual to graduate quickly, but I didn't start to college until I was 20. And then when I was a distinguished alumni at my university and I set up several scholarships, she was there also in the audience to know. And I didn't hold it against her. It was motivating to me when she told me I wasn't college material. Mm -hmm. Find some nice boy, get married, and have a family, but you're just not college material. And I had not taken preparatory classes. And so when I went to college, I really had to work. I was so serious about everything. I studied all the time. I really worked hard. But I think just, you know, ending up in television and, and the infomercials and 32 million homes, helping to build a business. Uh, I was president of Arbonne mm -hmm. for about 22 years. And we built that business from $9 million to $986 million a year. Wow. And um, I, I just keep thinking, you know, God, I didn't have all that much going for me. Yet I've been able to do with him, with me. I couldn't do any of this by myself. Right, right. But w before I do a speech, Melinda, I put my fingers like this together, and I'll say to myself, and uh, that I know God's listening, I'll say, okay, God, let's go do this. And if this doesn't turn out as good as it should, it's not all my fault because you're with me right now. Mm -hmm. And I learned that. I interviewed Eddie Bracken once, and uh, I was real new in broadcasting, and uh, he was a famous nominated for Academy Awards and everything, and I told him I was very nervous beginning before the show started, and he said, um, I said, because I said, I'm new in broadcasting, and, and I said, I just get self-conscious about it. And he said, Rita, feel your pulse right here. And I put my fingers. He said, Rita, that's the presence of God within you. And he said, anytime you get nervous, you, you reach down and you know that you're not doing this by yourself, mm -hmm. that God is with us right now, mm -hmm. and this is the presence of him in your life. And it, a calm came over me, but whenever I'm, you know, because public speaking is the number one fear in the world. Number two fear in the world is death by fire. So people would rather burn to death than do what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. And here, you know, you go out and it's so stressful. But I always touch my, the, the wrist here and, and feel my pulse, and I say, okay, God, if this doesn't turn out as good as it should, it's not all on me. We're doing this together, so <laughs> you're going to step up and take responsibility, too. So help me get through this and do mm -hmm. the best I can. But I feel like I have a co-pilot, yeah. and everybody does. Yeah. I mean, the amazing thing is that people, God is always with us. 100%. And, and in us. In it's us. It's not just, you know, something out there. It's in here, too. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. there and here yeah. and everywhere. And I always say to people that miracles are nothing more than a shift of perception. And you just exactly explained what I mean when I tell people that it's mm -hmm. just a shift of your perception. Yeah. The other thing that I tell people that you explained was that all events on this planet are neutral events except for the emotion that you assign to them. And so when you had your fire and when you had your flood, you assigned gratitude. Mm -hmm. So it didn't make it such a catastrophe. Yeah. And again, it all ha has to do with how we relate to ourselves and our connection to God. Yeah. How'd you happen to break into television? Uh, I was working at Arizona Public Service as a consumer service specialist, and I was a guest occasionally on Marge Condon's local show. It was called Open House. And she retired, and I was offered the job three times. I turned it down, I'll be honest, uh, because the first time it was less than what I was making. Second time was what I matched was making. Third time... 
they finally did give me an increase. Mm-hmm. And and because I I looked at it as um, you know I, I, like being a teacher. I mean, I was. I had the idea for the Food Network because I did a cooking show mm-hmm. also called Cooking with Rita, and it was meant to be. But I had a psychic tell me that I was going to be involved in electronics when I was about 18 years old, and I thought I was going to be working at Motorola wiring up TV sets. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to be in front of the camera. Yeah. And she said, you're going to be involved in uh, tech- technology. You're going to be known by a lot of people. And uh, I had no idea but everything, she said, you go south near water, which we lived in Florida from Nashville, and then you go west where you know your happiest days. Everything she said, she told me I was going to have two sons, mm-hmm. like Princess Di and Aaron, a spare. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, my spare didn't like to hear that either, just like Princess Prince Di doesn't like to hear it either. But yeah. anyway, he's written a book about it. Um, but I, I, it was everything. So when I was told I couldn't have children, and um, I said, no, I'm, I'm going to have children. And, and I did uh, and got another doctor's opinion. Um, you know the difference between God and a surgeon? Tell me. God doesn't think he's a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever tell that before surgery, by the way. No, no, no. After don't do sur- that. But the After, nurses yeah. love that yeah. story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They just they bust out laughing. So anyway, I, I, I just I, I laugh about the things that have happened and the most significant thing, you know, getting involved in television, although local television, I certainly didn't make that much money, and that, and that was motivating for me to do other things like write books and do speeches. But the people I got to meet, I got to meet Billy Graham, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm praying to God to forgive me because I, I know how spiritually, but I was just. Melinda's the best-looking man I'd ever seen in my life, and I was trying to say, don't be thinking about that. This is Billy Graham, for God's sakes. <laughs> be cool. Don't be thinking those other things. Anyway, I, I asked him what amazed him most about life, and he said, the brevity. And the older we get, I say life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Mm-hmm. But I got to meet, you know, the John Waynes and Muhammad Ali, people that when you're raised poor in Flat Rock, Tennessee, you never think you're going to be meeting mm-hmm. famous people like this and mm-hmm. interacting. And, and how could this possibly happen? Mm-hmm. And it did. And it, it was my mission in life mm-hmm. to, again, make a difference, not just make a living. I knew I could always make a living. I had mm-hmm. done that and, and worked always. But to impact people's lives, Melinda, I mean, to think, I, I see people and I just want to love on them and hug them and I want them to feel good about themselves. And I, I, I was going to tell you the rest of the Dolly Parton story. Carl Dean, uh, and they've been married now, 50, I've been married 57 years. Uh, I always introduce him as my first husband, and uh, he introduces me as his last wife. <laughs> but uh, when Carl Dean was visiting with my mom, and they'd be sitting out smoking cigarettes on the front porch, and I'd come home from work. I had two jobs. I worked at National Life Insurance Company and Woolworths. So I was working like seven days a week, and they'd be smoking cigarettes. And he gave my mama a $2 bill, and he said, I never want you to be broke, so don't you ever spend this $2 bill. Well, it was in her Bible, and when she passed away, uh, I found the the $2 bill, and I put it in her casket, so Mm -hmm. she will never be broke. I also put one in my sister's casket, too, oh, so she will a, never be broke. What a lovely story. So I brought one for you, too, so oh, I'll give that to you in just you. a minute. So that's, you'll never be broke. I thank you. That's a lovely story. <laughs> I only story. give that to people I love because I don't want you to be broke, okay? Okay. Arbonne. Mm-hmm. How'd you get involved in Arbonne? Well, I was a speaker for the company, and I, I love the products that they gifted me with. My sister got laid off from her job at J.C. Penney. She only had an eighth-grade education. 
Her husband had open-heart surgery. So I said to her, let me put you in this company. And she said, I can't do it. I'm overweight. I don't have any education. A space between my front teeth. I wear big, thick glasses. Nobody's going to buy skincare products from me. It won't work. I said, every whale knows a minnow, and every minnow knows a whale. You may be a minnow in this world of direct sales network marketing, but I speak and train for Amway and New Skin and you know Herbalife, mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. companies. Uh, Mary Kay was a friend. I had her home phone number. I had her on my show several times. I said, I know the business. And so you get into the business, and then you're going to sponsor me. And she did, and she became number one in the company, um, which was an amazing feat because uh, a company that size, it was incredible. Wow. So she went from not having a job to being number one in a company that was right at a billion dollars. Oh, so wow. it's it's always who you know, you know, and, mm-hmm. and she was wonderful. She did walk across stage. My sister fell and broke her neck about eight years ago. But she was able to recover and walk across stage in Las Vegas in front of 22,000 people. There was a 10-minute standing ovation that she was able to do that. And even the ushers were crying in the audience because the audience was captivated that she could. She said, I have to have two good-looking escorts, though, on each side of me just to make sure. But she walked across the stage. I have never seen a standing ovation like that. I'm not even sure Pat McMahon could get one like that. Wow. I mean, he's gotten some amazing ones, but mm-hmm. 10 minutes with everybody in that Coliseum clapping and having an absolute Oh, that's fit. wonderful. What she a said, wonderful she story. Said it was the, she said, Rita, it was the best day. She called me Gail. My name's Rita Gail. She said it was the best day of my life to get that recognition. Here, you know, 30 years before, she thought, I can't do it. I, all the reasons, but it's who you know. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. Be friendly to everybody. Speak, you know, connect. Your net worth in life is your network, and your friends are the most valuable part of your life. Priceless. It abs- You know, you can you can feel good about a lot of accomplishment, but truly, the people that you know and the difference that makes in your life by interacting. Uh, I just I just love to network with people and learn. And your friends are just priceless because. Yeah. You know, when your children get to be adults and you can't control them anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't remember you as much as they <laughs> yeah, did know. when they and were little kids. you have to say yeah. at 5 o'clock at night, you yeah. know it's Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. My birthday, did you forget? But your friends birthday. have all yeah. said happy yeah. Mother's Day to yeah, you, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's it's just friends are, and, and how do you get friends? Well, you reach out to people. You network with people. You talk to people. You invite people over. I mean, how exciting it is to get invited nowadays or any day to somebody's house. Yeah. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't right. have to have Jacques Pepin cooking it. Right. You can do it. You can go and get takeout even. Yep. But people are hungry to interact with each other. Agree. You, I so agree. It, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a physical thing. It helps your... Um, well, it just helps you in, in, in everything you do is dependent on your network of people, right. I think, and It was one of the top five things that Dr. Marwan Sabah, who is an Alzheimer's dementia specialist, said on uh, our show a couple of weeks or a month or so ago was that besides eating right, besides exercising, besides, you know, keeping your mind busy and all those things, that socialization was critical in keeping yourself healthy and not allowing your brain to get into a, a place of dementia. so He is so good-looking, first of all. Yes, that, he is. He's one good-looking. He could have been a movie star if he hadn't become, become a doctor. But what he said when we had dinner together for mm-hmm. Pat's birthday, um, what he said was profound. The number one thing that is contributing to our 
dementia and Alzheimer's is using our GPS. I use mine in the driveway. I have no <laughs> sense of direction. And I feel like I've got a co-pilot with me, a friend. They'll say, there's a speed trap down the road, you know, da-da-da. It's just, but when he said that, I've told everybody that. I've told it, I mean, what a phenomenal man he yep. is. And yes, doctor, is. Yes, oh my is. gosh, he's amazing. Yes, he is. And speaking of another phenomenal man, I want to tell you what I'm doing on the 23rd of February. Okay, what are you doing? I am going to be on stage with Pat McMahon at Stagebrush Theater in Scottsdale on 2nd Street, um, uh, talking to him with Wallace and Ladmo. We are bringing Wallace and Ladmo back at, together with Pat. Oh. So I will be having them talk through me to oh. Pat. And I'm so excited, and people can get tickets on the website, and we're very excited to oh be doing that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was in, in Mexico once with Ladmo, and we said, Ladmo, you can relax. Nobody knows you're here. And we were all sitting on the beach, and Ladmo always was a runner, and he started doing his run down the beach. And these kids from Phoenix all the way to Mexico, Ladmo! <laughs> and they were chasing him down the beach. Oh, they knew him. And course. we said, oh, Ladmo, we didn't think anybody would know you in Mexico, but they do. Oh, of oh, course. They, they, were, they were such... Oh, Precious friends. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, Rita, thank you so much. Time goes by so fast Honey, talking to you. You're for you to so do much this. fun and so lovely. And I, thank you so much. And everybody get books and look uh, at Rita. And, uh, well, I'm so grateful I could lick you in the face like a puppy right now. I just want you to know. Thank you for having me. Uh, just to be with you. I'm just touched. See, my tear ducts are attached to my bladder, and I'm, I'm trying not to get emotional. But just to be with you is just so inspiring. Oh, I'm Thank so you. glad your sister came through. Oh, yes. This is a Spirituality for Everyday Living, and thank you for joining us.